There are plenty of questions about retirement planning, like how much income do I need, or will it really cost $300,000 in health care when I retire? We'll answer some of the most common questions pre-retirees ask advisors on today's show. So come on back to Elevate Your Wealth. And now, Elevate Your Wealth with Mark Stimson and Casey Elkins. Welcome into Elevate Your Wealth. Your host, Mark Stimson and Casey Elkins. You can find them at Elevated Financial Management right here in Seattle. And between the two of them, 42 years of experience combined in the retirement planning business, helping hundreds of their clients get ready for their retirement. They're certified financial fiduciaries. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. And each and every week, it's always about retirement. But we give you that opportunity to take, to take action on your own behalf. That means we have appointments available, and there are no costs, no obligation, no no pressure. We will tell you about those as we move through the program. So we know it's important, guys, to have a solid plan in place when we retire. Now, we put together some answers to some of the most common questions that folks are asking their advisors. So we'll get into this. You guys can go back and forth on them because, again, these are questions you're going to kind of recognize. So the first one, Casey, how concerned do I need to be about, yes, inflation? Well, inflation is a big deal, right? It, it it affects everybody differently, though. And I think that's the thing that's really not talked about enough. Um, everybody likes to talk about inflation. There is a lot going on with that, and it will have an impact. But it affects everybody differently. The basket of goods that you buy is different than somebody else. Um, it may be the same basket of goods for people in your demographic, but ultimately that inflation piece does affect it differently. And so um, are you renting? Do you, uh, are you a bargain shopper, right? That has a big impact on it. Are you looking to buy a house right now? That's going to change things for you. So despite what is said very commonly about retirees living on a fixed income, uh, Social Security does have an increase with inflation. It has a COLA, right? So it may not be one-to-one -one with the inflationary numbers that we see um, out in the news and that kind of thing, but that does help. So uh, inflation is a big deal. It's something that we need to plan for. It's something that we have to account for, but it isn't something that we can't plan for. It isn't something that will absolutely ruin your plan. It will absolutely ruin your plan if you don't have a plan that accounts for inflation, right, yeah. Mark? I mean, that's exactly. that's really the deal. So mm -hmm. we do want to make sure that we're thinking about it and that we're planning for it. But at the same time, um, we want to be realistic as to how that's going to affect us individually in our household. Now, that that really just it boils down to how much income do you have. And so a lot of times there's this thought that 80% of your income is going to be enough in retirement. So I mean, Mark, how would you answer that, right? Is 80% of my pre-retirement income enough in retirement? Does that fit the bill? It it might, but we try and pretty much plan that the answer to that question is no. Mm -hmm. We want our clients to get closer and aim for about 100% of their gross pre-retirement income. So I want to say that again. You want to be closer to about 100% of what you were making at the end just before you pulled the parachute level and you said i'm out so um and and people think i've i've heard 80 percent for decades now mm -hmm. in this world right but it usually doesn't end up being that way everybody tends to think that they're going to spend less once they retire right but what we see some things go down in cost maybe you don't drive as much so you're not spending as much on gasoline uh, other work related things but then 
you you spend more in other arenas. So it kind of we find it offsetting a lot of times. So if you do, can live on eighty percent, good for you. But it's not normally the case. Uh, you social security. We that was designed from the very beginning. We could go back to 1935 and talk about. I talk about this. We talk about it at our workshops all the time. It was only designed to to take care of about 40 percent of all of our retirement needs when it comes to income. But some people, that's all they have. It's 100 percent. Right. And it's going to be a tough road here in the Seattle area if all you have is Social Security. But it was designed to cover about 40 percent. So when you do the math on that, that means you better have a pension or some 401k and IRAs or TSP accounts that are going to help you with about 60% of your income needs each and every month. And that's why we say this every show. We talk about it all the time at our workshops. It's all about having a plan. And I do believe it's about income, income, income. And it's got to be income that also is Casey, we just mentioned it, kind of has inflation. Uh, we want a COLA, if at all possible, or we want to design one that's going to increase over time because what you spend today is not going to be what you spend, uh, you know, when we look 10 years, five years down the road, especially what's happening now. And that's, that really takes us to, you know, if I have enough income to just get by, I can squeak by. Is that really going to be enough in, in most cases, Casey, do you think? I, I, I really don't think so. Um, I, you know, you, you may be able to get by and we, we ask this question a lot. And sometimes when we ask folks what they need for income in retirement, um, they start doling out the minimum numbers, right, Mark? I mean, they start yeah. talking about, well, my utilities and my, my yeah. car bill and gas and food. And, and that's great. But is that what you dreamed of when you dreamed of retirement, right? Was just paying your utilities yeah. and, and paying for your car. That's not it, right? And frugal yeah. isn't fun. That's the reality. So uh, most folks don't want to cut back on their lifestyle. They don't want to scrape by. They don't want to have things be that tight. Um, there's a, a semi new term, financial freedom, right? Financial freedom is not pinching pennies in retirement. That's yeah, not no, what this is. So, you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to have a good time in retirement, you want to do all those things you've been dreaming of, uh, you got to make sure you have a plan, right? That's, that's what it really boils down to. We are answering some of the most common questions that pre-retirees are asking advisors here today. And we're going to give you an opportunity to get on the calendar with Elevated Financial Management. No cost, no obligation, no pressure. We do have 10 appointments. Again, they are available now. We are opening those up. And here's the number to call, 866-668-3625. Again, that number, 866-668-3625. You will walk out with a written financial plan. If you've saved at least 250000 towards your retirement, these strategies are going to work best for you. 866-668-3625. So back to the common questions. Mark, this one to you, discretionary spending. I hear that all the time. What is it? You know, this is the best part of our planning for our clients. This is the fun part. This is money that we are going to specifically allocate for you to kind of do the fun things that you've been dreaming about for 20, 30, or 40 years, right? This would be, you know, vacationing. Maybe you love to do a trip with your grandkids, uh, whether it's a road trip. What about a nice cruise? Uh, what about traveling to, to exotic places? Uh, we each talked about, I think our show last week, someone went on a, a cruise for nine months and spent close to $90,000. Well, that's a monster cruise, right? <laughs> and, and if you have the ability to do that, go for it. 
but it's got to be done in the right way. You got to have the money right to be able to uh, to afford to be able to do that. So whether it's travel, hobbies, maybe you eat out more than you used to, you like to collect. I have a, uh, a couple of clients. One has a massive collection of spoons, another one dolls, and another one teacups. So if that's your thing, that's okay too. Feel free to be able to do that because that's what discretionary spending is, which would also entail us being able to help our children or our grandchildren. So that's really the fun part of retirement planning is helping clients figure out their discretionary spending needs. And, and that really boils into a budget, right, Mark? I mean, yep. that's the discretionary piece is part of a budget. There's discretionary spending and there's um, essential spending. And so, I, you know, I just want everybody to know when we say budget, we're not talking about pinching pennies. We're not talking about that that type of a budget. What we're talking about is just knowing where your money's going, right? And you probably have a pretty good idea of that. Um, there's, there's a good chance that you know what your essential expenses are, what your income is, and how all those things pull together. Um, but y- you really don't want to be carrying credit card debt. Um, that's important. We want to make sure that you have enough to pay that off um, and continue to, uh, you know, meet those spending needs uh, and, and make sure that that's going to work for you in retirement. So, you know, the, one of the biggest costs I think that folks really overlook is healthcare, right? Uh, I mean, that's something that we talk about a lot, Mark, is healthcare. Um, and, you know, there's been numbers thrown around about how much you're going to spend in retirement, but I mean, is somebody going to spend three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in healthcare? What do you think? Yeah, and this is something that I think people, kind of, uh, they don't agree with in their own minds, right? But one of the things I would say is this, it does vary a lot from client to client, retiree to retiree. Do you need long-term care? But if you just add up your Medicare and Medigap premiums, something else to to really think about, just go ahead and look at your property taxes and rental payments and, and project that out over 30 years, because you might not believe how big a number that is. So healthcare could easily hit $300,000. And that could happen even if you don't have a long-term care need. So you want to be addressing uh, long-term care and medical costs over your retirement span, because it could be a lot more than what you might be planning for. I tell you, the the listeners are going to have their own set of questions, right, as they head towards retirement. We've got 10 spots on the calendar. Casey, what's going to happen for the next 10 callers? Well, for those that are willing to pick up the phone and give us a call, uh, we'll be happy to put together a written financial plan put together by our team of certified financial planners. So we just talked about inflation. How's that going to impact you? How's that going to impact your retirement? That's what this really comes down to. How much income are you going to need in retirement? And more importantly, how are you going to produce that income? That's the big piece to the puzzle, right? Making sure that you're able to produce the income that you need in retirement. Does that income uh, adjust for inflation over time? Will you have a COLA on those dollars? Um, what is your discretionary spending? What is your essential spending? What are you going to pay in uh, healthcare costs and things like that in retirement? Those are all things we're going to talk about with you uh, on a one-on-one conversation to make sure that we understand your true situation uh, and help you build a financial plan, something strong for the future. So if you've got $250,000 more saved, uh, please don't hesitate to give us a call. All right, here's the number, 866-668-3625. Again, the number, 866-668-3625. Again, this is no cost, no obligation. There is no pressure. If you've saved at least 250000 towards retirement, these strategies are going to work best for you. Call now, grab one of these appointments. Again, that ease of mind knowing you've either started down the path or you're getting that second opinion. 866 866- 
668-668-3625. Sometimes we have to face things head on. Long-term care is one of them. When we come back, we'll go over some alternatives to long-term care insurance. That's all next on Elevate Your Wealth. Welcome back into Elevate Your Wealth. Your hosts, Mark Stimson and Casey Elkins. You can find them at Elevated Financial Management right here in Seattle. Check out a great resource website, EFMNW.com. All letters, EFMNW.com. Again, there'll be links to the TV show, Elevate Your Wealth, and all of our radio shows in podcast form are there for you so you can watch and listen to your heart's content. And again, folks, it's always about retirement. And between Mark and Casey, 42 years combined experience in the retirement planning business and their certified financial fiduciaries. All right, so let's get into this. If you think you don't have to worry about long-term care, boy, think again. Typically, women need long-term care a little bit longer, 3.7 years on average, than men at 2.2 years. And while about one-third of people who are 65 may never need long-term care, 20% of those will need it longer than five years. And are you prepared for it is the big question. So starting the process can be a little unnerving, I'm absolutely positively sure that a lot of people are, are nervous about this. So let's get into some of our options for alternative long-term care because the premiums are uh, very, very high. So what can we do? Mark, we'll start with you. Well, this is something that uh, is kind of dear to me because it, this happened in my own family with my grandparents. It's the reason I'm in this business. I watched my grandparents on my father's side pretty much lose everything when he went into a nursing home due to Alzheimer's. And so the numbers that, Morgan, you were just talking about, uh, you know, when you realize that about 70% of us, so seven out of 10 of us are going to use some form of long-term care before we pass away. It's not necessarily what everybody's thinking about, you know, laying around in a bed in a nursing home. It's not necessarily that. It could be a group home. It could be an assisted living facility. So there's a lot of different ways that we can be taken care of. But how do we pay for it? Because Medicare and our supplements are not going to be paying for this. We might be fortunate enough if we qualify for 100 days, but even to get those, you know, just over three months, we've got to be qualifying as at, at you know, a skilled level of care. And so you're going to want to think about how do I pay for this? Because right now uh, we're looking at a facility in our area right now, about 12500 per month Wow, for one person. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Where's that going to come from? So uh, there is life insurance now that's pretty cool that you can do where they allow you to use the death benefit uh, if you need long-term care. You can use the death benefit before you pass away, of course, which is a cool feature. I think that's something my grandmother would have wanted to have done, but it didn't exist back when I needed it for them. Now, the one thing I will say to that, you still have to qualify. We talk about that all the time on the show. That can be a gatekeeper that you may not get over. We call it a hurdle because if you can't qualify, then you can't get it. But something that's really come on the last few years is what's known as an asset-based plan. That's a plan where you need a chunk of money. You put in this money, and I'll give you a good example. I, I'm working with a couple. Uh, they are in their late 50s, though, which helps. But they, we took $300,000, and the death benefit was 661 So if they don't use it, 
they're guaranteed to get back double what they put in. Their kids are, right? They both have to pass away to get to 661. But the best part was the leverage that it gave them. The long-term care benefit turned out to be $1.3 million. So they got a million more than what they put in. Now, that's, that's a really good deal. And the wonderful part is if they don't use it, they don't lose it. That's the problem with what we call standalone, where it's very expensive and the premiums can increase. Here it can't. And so this is a way that to get long-term care, if you don't need it, you don't lose it. And I really am a big fan of these asset-based plans because it can save uh, you your you-know-what if something bad does happen. And the reality is a lot of us are going to be faced with this. You want to have a plan for this, which really is something we all need to be concerned about and should be planning for. I mean, the numbers show it. We are living longer. And because we're living mm -hmm. longer, you're going to have to consider, you know, what's going to happen. And long-term care is probably going to be in most of our our, our futures. So yep. you got to plan for this. So again, an opportunity to get on the calendar. If you haven't really started thinking about this and planning this out, an opportunity to get on the calendar with Elevated Financial Management, meet with Mark and Casey and their team, and just talk about your situation. Again, this is no cost, no obligation, no pressure. We do have 10 appointments available for our radio listeners, 866-668-3625 is the number to call. That's 866-668-3625. If you've saved at least 250000 towards your retirement, these strategies are going to work best for you. 866-668-3625. And again, alternatives to long-term care insurance because the premiums are so high. What can you do? Uh, Mark, very good. Talked about life insurance and then also the asset-based policy. But here comes the A word, Casey, and you can, you can talk about this. Uh, I mean, listen, a lot of people are going to go, really? But the annuity. Yeah, using an annuity, right? And and you said it right. It's the A word. It's the financial A word. So, um, it, you know, it always raises an eyebrow when we say that word. There's a lot of uh, misconception there. But um, an annuity can be a, a valuable tool if used in the right circumstance, right? And so um, this this is a circumstance where an annuity can be very helpful. Um, if we were to take a, a lump sum of money, uh, invest that into an annuity, and use that to provide a steady stream of payments, uh, we could use those dollars for whatever we want, but potentially we could use them for long-term care. Uh, there's also uh, an annuity that's specifically designed for long-term care. So that is another way that we can use it as well. And it, it kind of ties in with what Mark was talking about with the asset-based policy, um, where we put in a chunk of money um, and given the right circumstance, we're allowed to use those funds and we get uh, leverage on our dollars, right? So we put in maybe $100,000 and now we have $200,000 that we can use for long-term care or 300,000, whatever the circumstance might be. That's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, right? But just to give everybody at home an idea. So that is something that can be very valuable. Uh, here's the, the piece to the puzzle. If you do use an annuity to produce an income stream for you that you're planning on using uh, to pay for long-term care with, there's some things that come into play. The amount of money that you're going to receive is based on your age um, if you're using it for long-term care specifically up front, health is going to be something that's called into question. Uh, you still have to qualify to be able to use that for long-term care. And then, of course, how much money you put into it. So how much you put in has a direct effect on how much you're going to get out. Um, and then keep in mind, too, that the amount you receive may not be enough to cover all of your expenses. Um, and, you know, a lot of times the the plans that we put together, right, Mark, it's, it's not so much that we're trying to cover every dollar that could come up for long-term care, 
but we want to have a way to offset some of that cost, right? Because not everybody's going to have a cost of 12, five monthly, as you mentioned, right? That's not the circumstance, but if you could put some money into something where you're going to get leverage on your money, you're going to get an increased amount based on what you put in. That's just being a good custodian of the dollars, right? Yeah. Just a, a quick thought on this, especially back to the asset base plan. There's only one company and it's completely proprietary to them. You can use qualified dollars Mm -hmm. to do this, which makes for a lot of us, our biggest chunk of money is qualified dollars, right? A 401k. So most of us wouldn't think about taking $300,000 out, dumping it into a plan because what's going to happen? You got to pay taxes. Taxes, exactly. But this plan allows you to spread the taxes out over a 10 or 20 year period of time, which makes it very attractive. So I just wanted to bring that up along with the fact that a lot of these asset-based plans, if you don't use them, they have a return of premium. So you can actually get a portion or all of your premium back if you end up not keeping the policy uh, over an extended period of time. So there's some really good options out there if you're trying to figure out how can I protect myself? That's it, right? And you just, you've got choices. um, And and the deal is you have choices now, right? When it it comes to the point that you need long-term care, choices are done, right? The decision's been made and you're going to have to go with whatever you got. So the other thing you can do is self-insure, right? So, I mean, you you can save, you can uh, use your own dollars, um, and, uh, that, that can work. I mean, there's plenty of folks that do self-insure, um, but you're going to have to have a fair amount of money set to the side to use for that. Right. I mean, when we're talking about 12,500 bucks a month, or let's say it's only half that, right. Let's say it's seven, $6,000 a month, right. If you're $6,000 a month and you're there for a number of years, I mean, that's going to take some money to take care of that. And, you know, your family wants to see you taken care of, right? You want to be taken care of. And the, the reality of it is this, if you don't take the time to plan, there's a plan in place for you. It's called Medicaid, and I promise you're going to hate it. So the, you've got to take the time to do this. You've got to uh, be disciplined and make sure that you put something together for the future. Yep. Opportunity. Uh, we have them. We have 10 of them to be exact. Mark, let's walk them through. We've got the 10 appointments. They're no cost, no obligation, no pressure. How's it going to go? Yeah. So we just talked about the need for looking at long-term care options, right? And as Casey just mentioned, there are several different options. You might be pleasantly surprised as to how you can protect yourself and use a chunk of money that uh, is is going to be needed, right? And it's going to either go to your care or it's going to go to your children. So you're not really buying anything. You have to keep that in mind. So we want to plan for this. So our team of certified financial planners are going to look at your specific situation and we're going to put together a plan that's going to help you with income. It's going to help you address uh, long-term care like we've talked about. What are you going to do for Medicare or a, a supplemental type of plan? What about estate taxes? What about your tax liability? Have you thought about that? This is what a plan is going to help you figure out. So please pick up the phone, give us a call, leave your checkbook at home. All we want to do is have a conversation and show you the different ways to protect yourself over a 20 or 30 year period of time. This is complimentary. Again, we have 10 appointments. If you've saved at least 250000 or more for your retirement, these strategies are going to work best for you. Here's the number to call to secure an appointment, 866 866- Six six eight three six two five. That number again, eight six 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 eight three six two five. Take charge right now at your retirement, eight six six 
668-668-3625. When we return, good or bad, we are creatures of habit. Oh, yeah. And when we return, we're going to tackle some bad habits to break as you enter that financial red zone. You're almost at retirement. You don't want to make these mistakes. Welcome back in to Elevate Your Wealth. Your host, Mark Stimson, Casey Elkins. You can find him right here in Seattle. Elevated financial management. 42 years combined experience between these two, and it is always about retirement planning. Again, helping hundreds of their clients get ready for their retirement. Certified financial fiduciaries, you bet they are. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Here we go. To ensure that you're not coming up short on retirement savings or worse, unwittingly, uh, a lot of people are sabotaging their future when it comes to retirement, and they They've got some bad habits, and we're going to talk about those, all right? So I'm going to start you off. Mark, you get to go first, and then you and Casey can kind of go back and forth on some of these because some of these are doozies. All right, spending now rather than saving for later, that sounds pretty good because a lot of people do that. Yeah, and this is something that I think I just want our listeners to realize we all have bad habits, right? I think if we're being honest, we've all got them. No, that can't be true. I don't have any. (laughs) But here's the deal. When it comes to saving, uh, how many times have we either told ourselves or heard a friend say, you know, it's easy to say, I'll start saving when, you know, it stops raining in Seattle, right? (laughs) You know, that's not going to happen. So we know that 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 type of thinking, you're probably not going to be very much of a a saver, right? So what you've got to do is you have to find room in your budget to save for retirement. And a lot of times we think, well, I got to pay this car payment or I got to pay my mortgage, which is absolutely true. But it's interesting that, that if you take a look at your budget and find out really where you're nickel and diming things away, it's amazing if you really track it, that you could find some ways instead of having that extra Starbucks this week or that extra sandwich uh, maybe I'm willing to bring my lunch, which I'm going to be the first one to say, I hate doing that. Okay. <laughs> he does. I, That's I buy true. Up. <laughs> yeah, it is. But now you're right. Lunches are costing us 20 to $25 each time we have a, you know, if we want to go out and get four small street tacos, that's what it's costing. So inflation is hit, hitting all of us, right? But you've got to take a look at your spending and you have got to find ways to trim the fat so that you can put some in your 401k, your IRA, your Roth account, your index universal life policy. You've got to be disciplined because Casey and I for years have talked about you're either going to face the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And I promise you this, the pain of regret at the end is so much worse than the pain of discipline right now. And so one of the things, Casey, you and I talk about all the time is underestimating how much you're really going to need when you retire. Yeah, that 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 is the case, right? I, I think so many folks, again, they just come back to the bare minimum, right? They just talk about, well, my monthly bill of my utilities and, you know, this mm-hmm. and that. And and we, we get that a lot. And and we have to really kind of help people see that, you know, sometimes we have to kind of actually do the math, right? If you've got somebody who's earning $100,000 a year and they say, well, I only spend about $30,000 a year, I, there's $70,000 that's going somewhere, right? That differential. And so uh, you've got to understand what you're actually spending. You can't underestimate how much you're going to need in retirement, uh, because that's going to blow up uh, your your overall retirement plan. If you think you only need seventy thousand dollars a year, 
but you actually need $100,000 a year to live your life and uh, do the things that you want to do, you're going to have a really disappointing retirement yeah. or you're going to have to go to back to work or something along those lines. And so that's, again, y- you want to make sure that you're not living on a shoestring budget retirement. That's not what we're planning for, right? We're planning to actually get out and live our lives. And when it comes down to it, there's a there's an old saying that you either have time or you have money. You don't typically have both. Well, when you retire, hopefully you've got the money and now magically you have all the time, right? Because you're not working. And so it takes money to do the things that we want to do. It yeah. takes money to, you're probably going to spend more money in retirement because now you got more time to go do the things that you want to do, right? right? So it's important to make sure that we pay attention to that and that you're really working with somebody that can help you sort that out. So I, I think another thing that really, Uh, creates a lot of problems for folks is this term diversification, right? And so many people misunderstand what that really means, right? Yeah, we need to take a few minutes to really talk about this because we hear this and we see this all the time when we analyze a person comes in and they want us to take a look at what they've been doing the past 20 years. And I'll ask them, do you have any idea what your risk score is? And they're like, well, no, not really. Well, are you diversified? And they'll go, oh, yeah. I've got like 15 different mutual funds or 20, whatever the number is. So they believe, but just because they have different mutual funds, a whole bunch of them, that they're diversified. They got that big, beautiful, colorful pie chart on their statement, right? Yep. And then what do we find? What what you have to understand is a term called correlation. Are the, 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 the funds, right? Mutual funds, as we all know, they buy stocks, right? And- a lot of times, these different funds will buy the same stock. They'll have some Apple, some Google, some Boeing, you know, different co- warehouser, uh, Costco, and and they believe that because they have these different funds, they're diversified. But if they have what we call in this industry a lot of overlap, that means that the stocks that they own inside each mutual fund is a is really close to being the same. So what does that mean? That means as the market goes up, they all go up together. And as the market comes down and you start losing money, they all go down at the same time. That's what you don't want. You want to be diversified so that you have different sectors. Uh, we could talk about being defensive, you know, uh, having stocks maybe in, in emerging markets or different parts of the world, uh, large cap, mid cap. What do we do to help us stay diversified? You've got to earn, earn. you got to earn different amounts of money, but you also have to own different types of stocks mm-hmm. in different areas, right? And so that's what it really means to be diversified, right, right. Case? And I, I think that uh, so many people, you know, maybe when you look in your 401k is you, you see these different funds and this one averaged 10%, this one averaged 9%, this one averaged, you know, 8%. Well, they all averaged kind of the same because they're all invested kind of the same way, yep, right? Exactly. I mean, that, that's really what it is. A lot of them are holding the same funds. We see that all the time. We're holding the same stocks, I should say. Yep. So, you know, that don't don't let that fool you. Um, just having money in different buckets does not necessarily mean that you're diverse, right? right. It's it's kind of the idea, right, of um, different pockets, same genes. And, and it's it's that same concept, right? So, that's that's something that we see, but we also see that folks don't save like they should when the market uh, is doing poorly. So they only want to save when the market's doing well, yeah. uh, only setting aside money in retirement when the market's up. And so that means that you're actually buying at a premium. That that really is kind of a recipe for disaster because you're right. only buying when stocks are high. So if you're buying high, 
um, you better be selling higher, otherwise you're going to be in trouble. So you want to continue to buy when things are down. Um, you can look at it like you're getting things on sale, um, and that that supports that idea of buying low and selling high. So rather than trying to time the market, set aside the amount that you can afford that you want to save um, and continue to purchase even when the market's down. Do you have some of these bad habits? Well, if you do, you need to, well, get in better shape when it comes to your finances and your retirement planning. There's an opportunity to get on the calendar with Elevated Financial Management where you can meet with Mark Stimson, Casey Elkins, and their team and, and see where you are. These appointments are complimentary. Again, if you've saved at least 250000 towards your retirement. These strategies are going to work best for you. The number to call to secure an appointment, 866-668-3625. Again, no cost, no obligation, no pressure. 866-668-3625. We're talking about some bad habits. And if you have some of these, you really need to adjust. If you're spending now uh, and not saving for later, underestimating how much you're actually going to need to retire, maybe misunderstanding what diversification means, and then saving only when the market is doing well. And what about this next one? Overreacting to market volatility, the old freakout. Let's go to cash. Yeah, this is, and Casey and I try and get clients, we try and talk them off the ledge, right? Because when, when the market's taking, our emotions can get really involved. And what does that usually cause us to do? We want to pull out. Casey just mentioned the importance of saving even when the market is down. That's why dollar cost averaging is so important. You're kind of buying at regular intervals, right? So you're buying on the way down mm -hmm. and you're even buying on the way up, yep. but over time, that's really going to pay off. Well, we have to do the same thing when it comes to volatility. That's why in this, with this thing that we're talking about now, you've got to have a plan, right? So if we've got certain amount of money, we, we term monies in our office, red, yellow, green. And if, if our red money's money in the market, uh, yellow money is money that's in the bank and green money is protected growth. So if that's happening to you and the market is going down, wouldn't it be great to have money that you could pull out of and not be locking in your losses? Because if you're if you're needing money to live and you pull out of your red money when the market is down, well, that's that's a problem, right? Oh, yeah. we, we, we call that sequence of return risk. So you've got to have a plan. How are you going to address it when the market is down? And Casey and I know over years of study, we know an, a, a bear market rears his ugly head about every five to six years. So in a normal retirement, you could have five or six bear markets that last a year and a half. Well, I still got to have money to live during that year That's and right. a half, right? So if you pull money out when it's down, that's going to be a problem. And your money's going to evaporate so much faster because you do not have a plan. And that kind of is going to. Well, I think the point with that really, Mark, is just that, you know, if you have to pull money out after you've just taken a big bath in the market, yeah. your potential to recover just to get back to where you were is very, very low, right? Because if yeah. you just lost 30, 40% to the market, which the average bear market's a 39% loss. If you go right. back to 1929, if you lose that much and then you got to take 30 or $40,000 distribution, your chances of getting back to where you started are slim to none. Yeah. And that's yeah. where just taking too much risk is just doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. That's a big issue. And that's why we believe so much in age-based planning, right? We The rule of 100 is such a good thing for all our listeners to understand. Take your age, subtract it from 100. So if I'm 60, it leaves me 40. Try and keep your portfolio with not much more than about 40% of your portfolio at risk, meaning in the market and not guaranteed. That 
40% though is going to be needed to help us stay ahead of inflation. So there's some basic rules that you can do with the plan that so many people are not doing because they don't have anybody that they trust or anybody that they're working with that can show them how to, to deal with these type of things and, and be successful. Now's the opportunity. Let's get uh, those appointments out there, guys. We have 10 of them. Uh, again, no cost, no obligation, no pressure. And, and just looking at some of these bad habits, if you can check off a few of them, man, you really need to start talking about your retirement planning. Guys, what's going to happen for the next 10 callers? Uh, it's a written financial plan put together by our team of certified financial planners. So we're going to talk about the income that you need in retirement, what income you have. We're going to talk about the risk you're taking. That's a really, really important piece to the puzzle. How much risk are you taking? Is it appropriate? And is it going to be successful for you? as you start to approach retirement and you're creating that plan. Uh, Do you have a plan that's going to allow you to follow it? Is it a comfortable plan for you when it comes to the risk that you're taking? So don't hesitate. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. All right. Here's the number. 866-668-3625. That will grab you one of the appointments if you've saved at least $250,000 towards your retirement. These strategies are going to work best for you. 866-668-3625. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. If you've got any of the bad habits we've been talking about. If you just want to sit down and uh, get that initial conversation going about planning, this is it. 866-668-3625. When we return, again, Elevate Your Wealth is always about retirement. We've got scenarios. We'll go over those when we come back. Mark Stimson, Casey Elkins, right here in Seattle. You can find them at Elevated Financial Management. Again, always about retirement. They have 42 years combined experience helping hundreds of their clients get ready for their retirement. They are certified financial fiduciaries. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week, we go back and forth on the topics. We also give you an opportunity to get on the calendar uh, with Elevated Financial Management. And these are complimentary appointments just to kind of see where you are. And you may be in one of two boats, possibly you haven't started planning yet. Well, this is a great opportunity to kick the tires and get to know uh, the team at Elevated Financial Management. And then you might be in the other boat where you're halfway down the road, uh, you're confused, you're frustrated, maybe the communication level just not there. Uh, This is your opportunity for a second opinion. The appointments are open now and you can grab one 866-668-3625. That's 668-3625. Let's get to the scenarios, guys. All right, first one up. My company offers a 401k and a Roth 401k, and currently I contribute 6% to my 401k and 8% to my Roth. Is this a good long-term strategy? I want to contribute all to my Roth 401k starting in 2023, this year, a little bit later. And is that a better strategy? And also, can I take out my principal if needed from my 401k, my Roth 401k, I should say, since it's after-tax dollars? There's yeah. a lot of questions. Yeah, that is a lot of questions here. But these are excellent questions that everyone needs to pay attention to and understand, right? Um, now, I want to start by saying a lot of the questions, uh, should I continue to do 6 and 8, 8% you know, into my Roth and 6% into my 401k? I think a lot of that is dependent on two things. Number one, the biggest one is your age. 
um, and your financial situation, right? But if you can do that, I just love the fact that you're able to put away about 14% of your income each year. Um, that is going to be huge in the long run. Too many people are not doing that, right? But that if you're disciplined like that, you're going to pay, you know, reap the benefit of paying uh, and being disciplined now versus the pain of regret later. So that's a wonderful thing uh, to do. I, and again, your tax situation is going to help dictate whether you should go into a traditional 401k. Now, I think both Casey and I would wholeheartedly agree in the long run, I think, I again, if you're younger, I want all my money going in the raw side yeah. because the growth on that money over time, mm-hmm. Uncle Sam doesn't get a dime of it. He's not a mortgage holder like he is on the traditional plans. So really think about that. I like the idea of you switching to uh, all Roth uh, this year. But again, I think a lot of it's dependent on your tax and your age. And so that's why working with somebody could help you to figure this out. Now, again, something else to understand on a Roth account, if you're prior to 59 and a half, um, you cannot take the growth on the Roth uh, without a 10% penalty, but you can pull out the, the, what we call the principal or the original cost basis. You can get that out because you've already paid tax on those dollars. But there is a rule you need to be aware of. On the growth inside the Roth, it's a five-year hold. So if you get past 59 and a half, which I always call that the golden buzzer age, uh, so many uh, worries about penalties go away. But you do need to have the Roth accumulation part of that plan and hold it for five years. If you if you get into it before the fifth year, then they're going to tax it as ordinary income. So there's some very specific rules. And there are some hardship rules that you need to understand too, which I won't get into right now. But the point is, you need to understand these rules and be working with someone that can really help you with a tax plan uh, so that you don't make any mistakes that you really, really regret. Talking about scenarios, retirement scenarios. And again, you've got your own and you need to make sure uh, you're on the right path when it comes to retirement, having a plan. We often talk about, you know, a lot of people out there, maybe you're in this boat too. uh, You've done well, you've accumulated, you have this wonderful portfolio and you're going to show up at retirement's door and you're going to knock, but you don't have a plan. Folks, we congratulate you on the portfolio, but really you need to sit down and, you know, Cross the T's, dot the I's. You need to make sure you got everything in order. You need to plan for your retirement. So, you know, take these scenarios. And remember, if there's one that's similar to what you're going through, not exactly what you're going through. You need to have a customized plan. Next scenario, Casey, this one to you. My advisor with a well-known company has my retirement portfolio in 20 or more funds. 30% is in ETFs and four cash funds. It's very confusing. They claim to be a fiduciary. The money is safe, but returns given this year at 4.9% have not been good enough, in my opinion. I'm 65. My spouse, 64. Is my portfolio spread across too many funds given my age? That, that is quite a few funds. Um, you know, 20 or more funds, I think, was said. Uh, 30% in ETFs and four cash funds. Um you know, that's quite a few funds. And I, I, this really ties back to something that Mark was talking about earlier today um, about thinking that we're diverse because we have a lot of funds. And so uh, my question is this, is how diverse are you really um, if you've got those 20 different funds? If you've got 
like you said, 20 different funds, if 18 of them are really kind of holding the same underlying stocks, well, you really kind of only have three funds in that circumstance, right? Yeah. So that that's really the question. Um, and why you have four cash funds, I, I couldn't say that. That is a little confusing from my perspective. Um, I, I want to address one thing before I answer that question 100%. The idea that the money is safe um, and you've had a 5% return so far for the year um, and that potentially not being good enough, I'll say this. If the money is truly safe and you've had a 5% return and um, you know we're not completely through the year yet, that's not something that I necessarily would be too upset about. I'd be clapping. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you could do better, right? But ultimately to not be taking much risk, yeah. right? When you say it's safe, I'm assuming that you're meaning it's not taking much risk at all. Um, and to still have a 5% return when we're not even through the year, I would say that's pretty good. I, I wouldn't be too upset about that. Now, that's not me uh, necessarily saying that the person that you're working with is is doing the right thing. But um, I, I think that is important to consider that the expectation also needs to be appropriate, given the amount of risk that's being taken. So uh, you know, are the funds spread across too many different funds uh, given your age? Are the dollars spread across too many funds given the age? Uh, that's really hard to say because it's debate. It's dependent on what funds they yeah. are, right? All, not every fund takes the same level of risk. They're not all invested yeah. exactly the same. You may hold funds that are invested the same way as one another, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're being overly aggressive. If you were holding a lot of individual stock positions, I might answer that question differently and say, yeah, you might be taking too much risk given your age. But realistically speaking, uh, being 65, your spouse 64, sounding like you're not taking much risk and, and still having around a 5% return sounds pretty solid. I think maybe what could be done is a plan that's more focused, right? Mm -hmm. When you got 20 different funds like yeah. this, it tells me that maybe we're just kind of throwing darts at the wall to see what sticks. I think maybe we need a real plan, something mm -hmm. that actually is driving towards a goal. And that would be uh, my answer. That would be the better solution, yeah. I think, from my perspective. Yep. Scenarios. Uh, always interesting to see what people uh, out there could be going through when it comes to retirement planning. This next one, Mark, to you. After once using, here's the scenario, after once using the 1031 exchange, we purchased a rental home. And after renting it for years, we thought about moving into it. How many years does it take to revert back to personal property to avoid the capital gains? Yeah, the, there's two terms I want to focus on for just a minute, 1031 exchanges and 1035 exchanges. So 1031s are what we do in the real estate world, right? So you let's say you sell your house here in Seattle and you buy another place in Arizona or in Tacoma, wherever it is, you can use a 1031 exchange and not have to face the tax man. Let's say... Um, you, you, you're going to, you know, use it to be a rental, right? So you use what's known as a 1031 exchange. A 1035 exchange is where you would, you replace either an annuity or a life insurance policy, but there's specific rules that have to be met. You have to keep ownership the same, right? You can't change owners when you do these type of exchanges. So you're able to exchange one policy for a new policy. And that's important sometimes because some of the new contracts are a lot better than some of the older ones, right? And that takes us to, okay, how many years do you have to hold it to be able to have it revert back uh, to yourself and not have to pay the capital gains? Well, the rule is two out of five. You've got to live in it two out of the next five years 
for it to be able to help you tax-wise. So again, doing some planning, understanding that each one of these different exchange uh, rules that the IRS has given us are really, really important, but there are certain hurdles that you have to understand. Otherwise, you can make a big mistake and have big regrets. Next scenario, final scenario, and then we're going to open up those appointments. Again, they are available during the course of the show once we start. And all you got to do is call 866-668-3625 and secure one of those. If you have saved at least 250000 towards your retirement, these strategies are going to work best for you. All right, final scenario. Starting back in 2018, my spouse has acquired four separate 401k plans from employers in three different states. Is it possible? possible to combine all of these 401k plans into one. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can take those uh, 401ks from your old, uh, from the old employers, roll them into your current 401k. Most of them will allow you to do that. Um, so now they're all at your current employer. Uh, the other choice would be to actually take all those old 401ks and roll them into an IRA. So in an IRA, you're going to have more investment choices. You're going to have more control over those dollars. Um, and you would essentially have your current 401k and then have an IRA with all three of your previous uh, 401ks together. So uh, you, the world's kind of your oyster on that one. You've got choices, uh, but you absolutely can put them together either into your current 401k or open up a separate IRA and uh, invest the funds there. All right. Now's the opportunity. Guys, walk us through what's going to happen for these 10 appointments. So if, if what you've heard in this last segment, maybe there's some questions about your 401k or maybe real estate. What about uh, taxes? Are you concerned about taxes going up and how uh, should I take my required minimum distribution? When should I do that? It, let our team of certified financial planners help you. You come into our office, leave your checkbook at home. Let's just have a conversation let us build you a plan that's really going to get you through uh, the retirement of your dreams in a way that you totally hoped would be possible. So please come in and see us. Let's just start a conversation about your specific situation. All right. Here's the number to call 866-668-3625. Again, if you've saved at least 250000 towards your retirement, these strategies are going to work best for you. Again, this is your opportunity. 866-668-3625. One more time. 866 866- 668-3625. Well, another edition of Elevate Your Wealth is in the books. For Mark Stimson and Casey Elkins, I'm Morgan Patrick. We'll see you on the radio next week. Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The content provided is intended for informational and educational purposes only. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein are those of the individual speakers and not necessarily those of Foundations and its affiliates. The information contained herein does not constitute an offer to sell any securities or represent an express or implied opinion or endorsement of any specific opportunity, offering, or issuer. Any discussion of performance or returns is not indicative of future results. Each individual investor situation is different, and any ideas provided may not be appropriate for your particular circumstances. Foundations only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean the advisor has achieved a specific level of skill or ability. No legal or tax advice is provided. Always consult with a tax professional. All rights reserved.